Come along with us as we discuss our heritage for our legacies. Welcome to our journey. Hey, y'all, it's Michael. It's Keith. Hey, hey we got some uh, special guests on this uh, this week for our What's Your Story podcast. And uh, they're joining us via remote. This this podcast would be way too technical for David. Um, we got too many people on the phone and too many wires to run. But uh, David's not here with us. He's he's in uh, Savannah again, just trying to protect us from them the murder hornets. So uh, anyway, Keith, you got something you want to share? Yeah. Um, as we as we look at this, what's your story? And and we're really running with it on the podcast. Um, it's gonna carry through our november meeting and so i wanted to to get uncle jeff uh mm-hmm. holloway on with us um we're all i'm here uncles I'm here. cousins so <laughs> That's right. That's uh, i said uh will you get on with us and and we want you to introduce your buddy jeff gore that's going to be speaking in november here at our meeting and then we're going to do a tent revival uh, Saturday night and Sunday um, with Jeff. So, Holloway, introduce, hey, introduce him. Um, so, Jeff Gore uh, and I met oh, four, five, six years ago at um, in Amarillo at, at the World Finals, Ranch Rodeo World Finals. And um, Jeff, of course, led Praise and Worship um, uh, at the Cowboy Church uh, on a, on that Sunday morning. And um, I told Denise, I think the first time we went, I told Denise, I said, I got to get that guy a CD. I said, that was incredible. And um, uh, that was uh, the year that Chris Wilson, I don't know, you remember Chris, Jeff? Yes. Uh, that was the year that Chris um, had gone, made it to the finals. And Chris writ- had written a book. Um, uh, a uh, devotional book, and um, so anyway, we we uh, we were sitting there together, Chris and his wife, and of course Denise, and and all those. Uh, anyway, the children, everything, and then Jeff got up to sing, and I said, "Good, not alive." And Chris said, "Yeah, that's, that's my buddy Jeff Gore. He's 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 a pretty talented guy." I said, you "Got that right." So four, five, three, four, five years go by. And I finally get back out there again, and my father is with me, and my father and my brother. And um, I said, uh, come on, we, we got to hear this guy again. I said, Jeff's, Jeff's a cool dude. I said, we, we have not really uh, got to know each other um, yet, <clears throat> but I know him. And my brother was like, <laughs> um, how do you know him? And I said, well, we're, we're Facebook buddies, man. I mean, we, we talk on, 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 on Facebook and stuff. And I said, he knows who I am, man. And my brother and my father go, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> so here, here Jeff, Jeff comes to sing praise and worship again. And my, my father, he says, I want to I won't talk to that guy. And I said, well, okay, well, we'll go see him. Well, as soon as church gets over, we'll go find him and he'd be in the booth and whatnot. And, 
Um, so Jeff's thing is to make hats and shape hats for people, felt hats for folks that uh, are in dire need of uh, their hat being creased right to where they they uh, don't look like a gunsel and, and uh, they look somewhat professional, and I'm one of those. And uh, so anyway, Jeff is standing there, and my father – uh, gets to talk to him and man they they hit it off and it, it was a, a a real bond and and my father always asked about jeff okay so fast forward uh two more years after that um i'm i'm there in amarillo again and uh it's sunday and and of course jeff walks up and we start speaking and uh, i meet his i meet donna i i had shaken hands with donna but i didn't really you know get to meet donna but you know what I'm saying? I mean, it wasn't one of those that we, we got to talk and blah, blah, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, this year, um, I, I walked up and we, we really got to talk and Jeff's Jeff, Jeff preached and he sang a, a song and, and then he preached and it was dynamic. And, um, after that, uh, he, we, we have to go to another performance a Sunday, Sunday performance. And, uh, I go, I go find him. And I go down there and I said, look, um, I see a need uh, for a tent company in pretty close to Abilene. I said, aren't you, aren't you close to Abilene? He said, yeah, I'm in Coleman. And I said, listen, I, I have a list of people that I want to go see uh, that could potentially become clients. Uh, do you mind if I call you uh, when I'm there? And he goes, sure you can call me and donna leans over and she says you can stay with us <laughs> and, and i said um yeah yeah i i get me a room and and uh listen i um y'all probably don't want it no 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 you'll stay with us okay so catch this picture in your mind i'm sitting on the steps jeff is sitting in his seat Donna leans over him and says, no, and I'm still sitting. And then Jeff goes, excuse me just a second. I got to get up and sing the national anthem. <laughs> I said, yes, you do. Yes, you go going with it. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> so, so anyhow, um, he, we, we, you know, we exchange numbers and whatnot. And hey, call me now. I'm serious. Call me. Uh, I'll, I'll be, and I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to drop everybody off in Henrietta and I'll turn left or turn right and I'll, I'll head south and I'll call you when I get close to Abilene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Call me, call me. So, so anyway, I get down there and, and, uh, they, they treat me like I am their kid and, uh, and, and really just, just pray over me. I mean, I, I really, I really wanted to get there and Hey, let's, let's hit the woods, man. Start shaking some trees. I, I want to see what the tent business is, is going to be. That, that wasn't what the Lord had in mind <laughs> for Jeff, for Jeff. And I don't know, for Donna, it, it, she she probably saw a real need for a, a, a fellow that needed some, he needs some help. Lord, let, let's help this boy. He needs some, <laughs> you know. And, and, of course, Jeff did do. He's like, oh, my gosh, another one of these kids. Oh, Lord have mercy. So, anyway, anyway, I get there, and, and I stay a couple of days, and, and it is a, a real – uh, a joy, an actual uh, heartfelt joy to be around Jeff and Don. I mean, they're just the most genuine, finest folks you'll ever meet. Uh, and they, and they, if they like you, you don't have any, 
you don't have to question at all where where do I stand. Listen, they they, <laughs> they will let you know real quick. You know, it, none of that apprehension of oh well, did I do the wrong thing? No, no, no. They'll tell you. They will tell you right straight from the get go. So so that that Jeff and Don have been those uh, those kind, uh, very real friends that you know you 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 miss you want you you'd look for uh fast forward a little bit i bought a truck and uh i bought it in lano texas and i called jeff and he said man we're in we're in breckenridge or we're in uh south texas somewhere right where were you outside of san antonio south and south of san antonio i think we were way down in south last january wasn't it that's right that's right that's right and we came through, and we yep. we got back home about the same time you got here from Austin. That's right. That's <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. So, so anyhow, I got to stay with them again three or four nights, and and uh, two or three three nights, whatever it was, and and uh, guess really got to have a good time. But this time was I was for real. I was laying it all out there and telling him, "Hey, I'm coming to Texas. Uh, I believe that I, I I really feel like we can have a business in Texas. Well, let's pray about it. Now, you 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 want me to? Well, well, we can pray about it. And Donna reaches over, and we you know we sit around this big old water trough, and she starts praying. And I mean, for 20 minutes, it's one of those. And then Jeff gets in there and says the same, just, just does the same thing, 20 minutes. And it's so, so genuine and so refreshing and, and real. And um, I just, it was just, just what Jeff needed at the time. And, and, and they're the coolest people. I cannot wait, Uncle Keith, I can't wait. Now, Michael, I cannot wait for you to shake hands with the legend um, and, and <laughs> Jeff Gore. I mean, and, and his precious wife, um, Donna, is just the sweetest. Um, y'all are in for a super, super treat uh, with him. Good so deal. I'll let, with all that, with all that said, I'll uh, I'll let Jeff take it away from here on. Well, before people start thinking that we have a water trough in the middle of our living room. Uh, <laughs> uh, we do. We actually do. My wife That's got right. one of those four-foot galvanized water troughs, and she made a lid for it with a padded top, and we got little grandsons that lay on that thing and watch television. And That's right. And put stuff down in there, blankets or pillows or whatever, but we just – that's kind of a – it's kind of an altar. We, we've been down there and pray from time to time with people or have, and especially that time we did, but – we actually did get out of this house, and we drove back to Abilene and around at Coleman. Yep. We met a bunch of people, looked at some properties. That we looked yep. at uh, some opportunities to do some tent stuff and yep. uh, met some Chamber of Commerce people, some Convention and Visitors Bureau people, and Expo <laughs> Center people. And yep. well, I did try to show him some people. I don't know if uh, I don't know if it was just us running around town, but anyway, we we. We put some feeders out for sure and spent some time yes, doing sir. that. But we, we prayed about it first. And, and my wife is always the first one to jump on that deal. Let's pray. we got to pray yeah. about it. And uh, anytime our kids, when they were growing up or 
our son that we talk to every, two or three times a day lives in Arizona. Um, every time something comes up, they're talking about. I said, "Well, you prayed about it. Have you prayed about it? Well, have you prayed about it?" Yeah, <laughs> I know right. probably all getting tired of hearing that, but if they had figured out that they better pray about it before they do something, by now, then they're slow on the uptake because that's what their mom's been telling them their whole lives. Man, you know, that's right. You better pray that's about right. it. That's right. So, you know, I I uh, I enjoyed meeting Jeff and his brother and his dad a few years ago, and it's been kind of fun to get to know Jeff and and have him spend some time and. And his sweet wife, Denise, we finally got to meet her face-to-face recently and uh, introduced them to some friends of ours, a pastor in East Texas, and they hit it off well. We had a great time that evening that they came through East Texas, headed back home. And and yeah. uh, I'm excited about uh, coming out to Georgia. We don't get that far east very often. We go west and north a bunch, but we don't go south a lot. We don't go east a lot. And so we're looking forward to making that trek out there. So you're you're ready to come over to the swamp. That's what this is, is a swamp over here. Why not? <laughs> yeah, you can't go much further east, about 45 minutes. My wife tells everybody we're easy. You just ask us to come, and we're going to head that way. So, Amen. That's right. Well, That's right. The, the thought came up several months ago, and, and I the, the first of the year, me and Jeff – saw each other several times and and every time he's come back from texas me and him's been talking and that's so right. that's right when these things started happening he called me up and said man i was just with with my friends jeff and donna out in texas and they prayed over me and and this is what started happening afterwards and and so then he told me he said uh i've got this guy when you want to do a meeting, just let me know. Well, he didn't say who it was. <laughs> and so when I thought it was another person, I mean, I know Jeff has one or two friends, so I thought that. And, Only one or two. And then he he starts telling me again. I'm like, wait a second, Jeff. I said, that's the same one you were telling me about praying over you. And he goes, yes, that's him. And I said, okay. I said, well, the Lord's telling me, I feel like in my spirit that we need to call this, what's your story? And um, and he said, yeah. He said, let, let, let me get with him. Let me get with him. And so he called me back and he said, uh, hey, it can't be at the first of November because he's going to be at the finals. And I said, oh, hey, we're easy. You just let me know when it's open. And so as this has come around, that that thought about stories um, keeps going over and over and over in my spirit, and and we're talking uh, to different people, and and we're just starting to listen better to the stories, and I really feel like the Holy Spirit is interpreting those stories back to us, yes. and. So, so that's the theme, um, and you know, Jeff's opened this up to a whole big can of worms, I guess. When when we talk about <laughs> talking to you, but uh, you know, I, I'm I, just bringing the tent, man. Right, right. <laughs> but um, <Right>. you know, <clears throat> as you minister. How does it, how do you um, really 
start to hear people's stories? You know, um, I've, I've always been a storyteller. I mean, I well, I did an interview a few years ago, and I told her, I said, I'll just tell you right at the, out the outset, I don't have any short answers. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to start. That's right. With Jeff Gord. So, um, you know, I've always been kind of a storyteller, and I like details, and I like telling the story in in you know an elaborate way or in a detailed way so that it's not just a you know there was these two guys and here's the punchline you know i i i like to have a story and 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 tell a story and so um i always i always want to know what people's stories are i want to know where they came from i can drive down the road and i see some homeless guy and it it concerns me i hate to use the word worry but it concerns me what happened in that guy's life, it is the catalyst and reason why he is pushing that shopping cart down the side of this city street with a cardboard sign saying, I'll work for food and eating out of trash cans. Yeah. At, at what point did that guy's life make a turn? Or, or was it always so bad that this is an upgrade, you know? There are a lot of people whose childhood was so awful that I guarantee you living under a viaduct in a city, homeless, is an upgrade right. from what they grew up But I always want to know people's stories. I want to know how you got to the point where you are now. How did you get to this point? How did you do that? And and so I'm really intrigued with everybody's stories, and I think it's interesting to think about it. The Bible is just a collection of stories. People's stories, one right after another, um, from the beginning to the end, it's it's a it's a one right after another story of this person and the next person and the next person and the next person, and it's all intertwined by how God worked in those people's lives. That's right. So this person intertwines with the next person and the next person and the next person, and like in, in the book uh, The Great Physician by G. Campbell Morgan. Um, it, it's a, a collection of stories from the scripture of how Jesus had one-on-one encounters with individuals. And in every single one of those chapters, be it the woman caught in adultery or the woman at the well or the man born blind or Pontius Pilate or whoever, every time he has a one-on-one encounter with someone, it greatly impacts everyone else around. Yes, and so it that was meant to be a, a a collection of stories that were one-on-one encounters, but there's not a single chapter in that book that ends with a one-on-one encounter. They all end with a massive covering of several people involved in that one-on-one encounter. It may have started with that; that may be the crux of the story, but there are people on the periphery that are ministered to and dealt with all the time we don't live in a vacuum it's not just because that was jesus we don't live in a vacuum everything we do everything we say affects the people who are around us there's no such thing as coincidence all intertwined some way i've never met you guys but our stories are intertwining now and forever will intertwine yes because jeff and i know jeff and we're going to be together in november preaching the gospel to some men and, and boys Friday night and Saturday, and then and bringing the rest of the families in to say, okay, where do we go from here? 
Um, and, and so from, from now on, all of our stories are going to be like a patchwork quilt that's all put together as a intertwined big story, big picture. And that's, that's the way God sees everything. He sees the big picture that's really every stitch in that huge tapestry that God created is one of our stories. Yeah. Definitely. And there are no such things as coincidences. Everything happens because he wants it to. And Romans eight twenty eight says God works everything together for the good. Yeah. For them that love him and are called according to his purpose. So everything that happens in our life is not only it's not a coincidence, but it is part of either the perfect will and plan of God or it is the way he has taken circumstances in a fallen world to make things good for us. Yeah. And that's how we all work together. Yep. And and that's where I, I, the whole thought has come to me with this is is the realization that a lot of times we we separate ourselves from the scripture. We we look yeah. at the scripture historically and say, well, well that was good then. You know, but like you say, all those all the writings are are telling stories and and it was about the interactions the inner workings of relationships that were built and and today we see ourselves being torn away from relationships we're we're not engaging people i mean that was christ i hate to say in a nutshell but Packed into those 33 years, how much, how many um, relationships was he intertwined into? Yeah. You know, and so, so that to me, it sounds like you're, you're right in the middle of that, the, the conscious effort to build these relationships, to hear people's stories, but also and encouraging them to share those stories. Yeah, and and my wife says all the time when she's giving her testimony that for the longest time she thought, well, Lord, those things that happened to me were a long time ago. People don't hear about that now. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were a long time ago. Daniel was a long time ago. Yeah, Moses was uh, yeah. ago. Stories are still transforming people's lives. So our stories can help people's lives be transformed. And we uh we go through our life and we uh with this world of social media that we're living in now we have a lot of intertwined relationships but they are very superficial yeah they're only on that smartphone or that device we really don't know people i don't believe as deeply as we used to and we do not know them as deeply as we think we do right we have image of them we see through social media that is either a presumption on our part based on what we see, or it is a perception we have based on what they want us to see. They project. And those are not relationships. Those are situations and acquaintances. They're not relationships. No. And, and I think I'm not so sure that it isn't harder now with the massive technology we have 
to have a deep relationship with people but in spite of all of that than it ever has been because of all of those things that we fill our time and our all of the things that would have been building relationships those things are supplanted by social media yeah. and so i think we have to break outside of that and we have to make a a overt effort to build relationships we have got to step out of that and be in front of someone sit down to a meal sit down to a cup of coffee sit next to them at a sporting event or at a rodeo or or something or or out in a hunting blind or something so that we can build those relationships we have to have something that we base those relationships on and it should be jesus We've got to get into some kind of more than a superficial relationship these days or we're able to even present the gospel to people because people are so jaded by relationships because they're all, like I said, superficial based on Facebook. Um, it's not as easy to get inside somebody inside their bubble so that you can actually tell them about Jesus. That's right, and and when you go back and with all the division that the media is pushing, it makes it twice as hard to get inside that bubble with them. People are very untrust untrusting, and we think other people are all untrustworthy. Um, it, it's hard to trust people. It's hard to trust what's right and what's wrong and what's good and bad and truth and untruth, and and so people have got their guard up. That's what social media has become. It's a guard. I can. O- I will only show you what I want you to see. Right. Yeah, and that's what we're wanting. We're wanting more people to share their their testimonies and and their yeah. their stories to, you know, to let the next generations understand. Hey, there. You're going to face troubles, but maybe listening to my story, it'll stop you from going down the same road that I did, and you know. And maybe it's a, a teaching or a lesson that we can teach these younger generations. Well, and to do that, we have to become pretty vulnerable. Oh, yeah. Uh, going there and telling the whole truth and nothing but the truth <laughs> and, and showing yourself warts and all. And we don't live in a society that, that uh, applauds that. We live in a society that frowns on that and discourages that. That's yeah. why you got people in therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Behind the closed door. That we're built to be people that share with one another and have those relationships, and we're so guarded about that and refuse to become vulnerable. We'll only do it behind closed doors with a person that, by law, can't tell anybody what we said. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, our thing, I think my thing, uh, right now with, uh, with with what I'm facing, going through, however you want to, whatever you want to call it is um, share your story. I, I, I believe right now is the time for the Lord to be glorified in sharing your story. I believe that people want to hear what Jesus has done for me in my life. That's right. And if, and if, I'm, not, if I'm not willing to step up to the plate and do it, then... How's anybody else going to be willing to step up to the plate and do it? Yeah, that, that's the part where that's the part where the rubber hits the road. You, you, I know who I am. I was called 
you you called me, you saved me. Now you want me to tell everybody? I, I man, I I got I got so uh, bent out of shape last night. I went to that celebrate recovery. Yep, so bent out of shape last night. I heard in my you know just my mind was just racing. I was like, man, this guy he brought it. This was awesome. And I heard, dude, you don't even know how to give an altar call. I said, ooh, I'm going to sit back down. I'm, you're right. I don't. I'm going to sit back down real quick. I yeah, I don't think I need to get all excited about this. I'm telling you, it, it, it was as real as I've ever felt. <laughs> Somebody just whispered that. Sit down. You don't even know how to give an altar call. Hmm. And I sat back. I sat down and said, God, I pray you give me boldness. That's right. That's all I want. That's all I want. Put the words in my mouth. Put the words in my mouth. That's give me right. boldness. I mean, it, it, you know, <clears throat> our social media has has taken it to where uh, we don't need to hear all about your your good stuff. Let's hear the bad. Ooh, check him out. Ooh. Yep. Yeah. Instead of spreading rumors, we need to be spreading the positivities. Amen. That's right. Well, and y'all need to understand that every single one of us has within us the, the potential for greatness and the potential for great evil. Yes. And we realize that. We realize how um, worthless we are apart from Christ because apart from him, we're going to be bent towards the evil. But, uh, but with him, we could be bent towards the greatness. We can be bent towards the good things. And it's I'm not talking about a self-help guru guru bunch of hooey here you know you can live your best life now or whatever that's not what i'm talking about the only way you're ever going to live your best life is to completely give your life to jesus and and completely be completely surrendered to jesus christ that's the only best life you're ever going to have yeah and the only best life somebody can have you got to give you got to die to self yes it can't be about you it's got to be about jesus and ironically when you surrender that way you win and when you completely die to yourself, that's when you become your best self. And that's that's what I, I see the world looking for. I mean, it's not like we're trying to do something that is um, just a fanciful imagination. Everybody has a desire that is that is given by God. And drawn to him. Mm-hmm. And so in in a lot of the interactions that we have that are not inside the four walls of a church, we hear the real story. Yeah. You know, um, and and that gives us as as believers, Christ followers, the opportunity to say, Hey, look at this. You know, why do you feel like you do? And 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 begin to, instead of a self-help guru, you know, and there's books after books on that, but we're just saying, hey, there's, there's only one book. There's yeah. only one person, and yeah. that's Christ. Yep. So all the, Jeff Gore, all the rodeos you've been around to and and performed at, sang at. 
I know you've you've heard some pretty funny clown stories. Uh, you you got us a a good clown story. I, I've got a yeah I've got a I've got a clown story that I I actually made this up and I gave it to a couple of rodeo announcers of mine. <laughs> the the clown is is all distraught man he's all upset he's man he's upset he just he you can tell he's not doing good today he's having a bad day. He say, hey, buddy, what's what's the deal, man? You act depressed. You're supposed to be a clown, make everybody laugh. He goes, well, I just, I'm not doing good today. I'm having a bad day. I said, well, well, why are you having a bad day? He said, well, I didn't sleep very good last night. When I did sleep, I kept having the same nightmare over and over and over again. I kept waking up. Every time I turned around, I was waking up with, with the same nightmare over and over and over again. And I, so I didn't sleep good. I was tossing and turning. I woke up this morning. I was on the wrong side of the bed because I just – I just slept, slept terrible last night having this bad nightmare. And well, buddy, buddy, tell me about your nightmare. What can't be that bad? It's just a nightmare. They're just dreams. What what happened in that nightmare that was so bad? Well, he, he said, "Man, I dreamed I died." Oh man, well that's terrible. Of course you didn't feel. No, 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 no. You don't understand. You don't understand. Me dying wasn't the bad part. Wasn't the bad part. No, it wasn't the bad part. I died, and then, then I went to my funeral. Oh, man, you got to go to your own funeral? Oh, man, I don't know if I'd like that or not. That must have been terrible. I, I can understand why you could with such a night. No, 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 that's not the bad part. <laughs> he said, well, what's, what was the bad part? Then he goes, well, the bad part was on the way to my funeral, there was only one car in the whole procession. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I mean, I'm, I do rodeos all over this country, and I figured I had a ton of friends. And there was only one car in the whole procession. Mm. Well, yeah, buddy, there's only one car in your procession because you're a clown. All your friends come in one car. <laughs> <laughs> That's hey, good. That's a good one. They all ride together. They all ride together. <laughs> oh. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if the clown stories. I know that. I know there's some clowns that have got themselves in a wreck trying to be funny, and they ended up getting embarrassed. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we can do that every day in our own life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, yeah. how many, you know, how many rodeos do you attend a year, probably? Well, um, I, I don't do near as many rodeos, rodeo rodeos, as I do ranch rodeos, but um i i am involved in with my hat guy that that makes that sells hats and, and i'm involved with him at the national finals rodeo every year for a couple of weeks and i run into thousands of people there and have the opportunity to to talk to people and tell them hear their stories while i'm shaping their hat and and visiting with them and i could keep you here days telling you some of the the stories of how god has has you know used me or use them to speak to me or just opportunity to build relationships there. But then I spend some time with him every once in a while at some other rodeos helping with the hat deal, but it's always a ministry thing, but I'm involved with the ranch rodeo in, in Abilene, Texas called Western heritage classic. And it's a, it's a huge deal. Um, three day event and it's a uh, starts with a parade church service on Sunday. And um, it's the world finals for the Ranch Horse Association of America horse show, ranch horse competition. Uh, there's a huge premier horse sale. Uh, there's horsemanship clinics. There's stock dog clinics. There's chuck wagon cooking. There's vendors all over the grounds. It's the biggest bit and spur show in the world. Um, and cowboy singers and poets all weekend. Um, and just 
any number of things. Uh, Max World Championship Max Horse Race, uh, all crammed into this three-day event, and I'm on the board of that or the executive committee, they call it, uh, putting that on every year. Um, I also help with a couple of other ranch rodeos where we either pass out uh, bottled waters that are they're called thirsty water. We have bottled specifically for us, and on the label it says thirsty water and, and the, the passage uh, for the woman at the well where Jesus said, if you drink this water, you'll thirst again, but if you drink the water that I give you, uh, it'll spring up in you like a like a well and and uh, to eternal life, and, and it references that passage. And when, when we had a website up before it got hacked so many times, we took it down. You could go to Thirsty Water on our website and we give you the plan of salvation. So we give those and Gatorades and stuff out at, at Western Heritage Classic and then at the Pascal, uh, Texas Wild Horse Prairie Days and Alpine, Texas. We've given for over 20 years. We've been down there uh, feeding the Cowboys in August. And then, uh, again, the World Championship Ranch Rodeo in Amarillo, where I, I'm in charge of the entertainment on the stages around the building during the week and then in, in charge of the music at the church service on Sunday. And I say the prayer at each rodeo uh, performance and sometimes sing the national anthem. But uh, uh, we just our, our ministry has always has evolved over the years a little bit, but it's always kind of just been a missionary ministry in that one day we may be singing at a cowboy poetry and music gathered, singing cowboy songs and at, or, or at the, the Stanford uh the, the the stampede cody stampede uh we sang i did a, a concert every night before the the finals of the cody night rodeo a couple of years uh but then in the middle of the summer they had the cody stampede in cody wyoming and at their 100th anniversary i did a concert before each performance that night uh that year and so i mean i'm just singing cowboy songs at a deal like that but then i may be at a church and, and it, you know like Last week, I was right over here close to here at a little country church that uh, we had revival services several nights, and uh, sometimes we're doing vacation Bible school for kids up in Idaho, and, and like in, in October, I'm going to be in Farron, Utah, where a horse trainer friend of mine has had a ranch where they've been ministering to people in that Mormon country for years with Christian uh, horsemanship clinics and camps for kids, and he's a world-class horse trainer. His son is in the... Uh, in the top echelon of horse trainers uh lives right outside of fort worth and is in, in the snaffle bit futurity and all of those rain cow horse events all over the country and trains horses for people all over the country and and uh so they're great horsemen and, and they use that to present the gospel to jesus christ there at the ranch in in fair in utah i'll be there helping with that horsemanship clinic and then singing it and speaking at night uh to the to the adults that come from all over the country and it's not even built as a Christian camp. It's just a horsemanship clinic where they come and learn horsemanship and spend some day uh, time during the day moving cattle down off the mountain. And uh, they use that as an opportunity to, in lifestyle, present the gospel uh, in a non-threatening way to the people that come there. And so we'll be doing that. And, um, but then, you know, some days I'll just be working out on a ranch. And then other days um, we may do, be doing something completely different and just preaching and singing at, a, at a, a traditional kind of a church. And then we're at some cowboy churches too. So it's different every day. It's just whatever God kind of draws us to. I, I was raised in a pastor's home and I was called to the ministry when I was 12. And I got saved when I was seven. I was, I was called to the ministry when I was 12. And I really 
I wasn't too sure how that was going to work because I really wanted to just be a cowboy, but I knew God would work it out, and he did over time. Uh, he he put the right people in my in my path to keep me guided and directed in the right direction. Uh, I don't think I would be where I am today if he had not put uh, someone in my path as a young boy that was not only a, a sure enough cowboy, but was also a godly man. If I had just had you know, rough old cowboys as my mentors or my guide, I'd probably be pretty rough character, but uh, I I would have rebelled against um, the typical traditional city church uh, Christian kind of atmosphere that there was when I was in school and a kid um, because ministry back then, if you were going to go in the ministry, you're going to be a pastor or you're going to be a youth minister until you grew up and they let you be a pastor or you're going to be a music minister, or you were going to Africa and be a missionary. Right. None of that fun to me at all. And so uh, I, I wasn't really interested in anything like that. I always knew that what God had in store for us was unconventional and different. I couldn't have even told you that at the time, but I knew that. And so God has, has over time, uh, built this thing that he's got us doing. And um, after 12 years on church staff where I was miserable, uh, God— busted the door open and sent us out on the road and so for the last 31 years uh, that's what we've been doing traveling 150 to 200 days a year and and, uh, beating up the road and and just going wherever god calls us to go to to preach and sing and and share the gospel and through the years i've done some tv work and movie work and stuff like that still working on some movies and uh so you know god's god's just got something different all the time uh but it's not about me being the singer or me being the actor or me being the preacher, it's about God getting you where he wants you to be so you can do his work. That's right. Yeah. And Well, I'll tell you, you coming over here is a, it's an answer to a prayer. Okay. And I'll explain that. I don't know, probably 10 years ago. Um, you know, I was, in my previous marriage, we, we showed horses, Western Pleasure and, and Ranch Horse. And um, I was wanting to put a an arena out here and start having shows and, you know, having it like a, I don't know, like the Cowboy Church. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I had I'd already talked to my uncle about it, Uncle Terry, and he was he was all for it. And you and I had talked, and I, I I got a Google Earth image and laid out an arena on the church <laughs> property, and and we kept that up for several years. But to have a a cowboy church on this property is 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 like it's an answered prayer because yeah. that's what we were pl- praying for yeah. back then. And what's to come after this? There's no telling because we're going to continue to pray for this to yeah. to grow. Well, and and what you said is something that I've been saying for a, a long time is that everything I hear come out of your mouth is the desire that God has put in your heart. And a lot of times the 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 church or or whoever got that mixed up and and they 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 lead people on that God's going to give them the desires that they have. Well, that's where we all get in trouble. We try to come up with these desires 
That we won't. That we won't. <laughs> and God's just saying, wait a second, let me give it to you. And, and that's what I've heard time and time again on this phone call is that your desire is what's coming from God and you're just running with it. And, and that's where I think people think that, oh, you know, that Christian life, that's just boring. That's, that's not fun. Man, if I could be a cowboy, you know, um, we all dreamed of that, but, but that's not for everybody. But God will give you the desire. You know, I have a ball doing what I do. A lot of people don't think I do anything, but I, I work on technology. I work in the garden. I run the tractor. Uh, um, and, and I have a ball doing it because God's given me that desire. I told mama I wasn't ever going into computers. And God gave me the desire to. So th- that's where I think, you know, I'm hearing from you. Your desires are what God's placed in your heart, and, and He's just guiding you um, in your ministry opportunities. Well, we think that we know so much about what we want and how great it'll be if we just get what <laughs> we want. The two things about that is there's a reason why we have those desires in our heart. There's a reason why we have the gifts and talents that yeah. we have. It's because God gave us all that. And so if God's going to give us the desires, say, to be a cowboy or want to live a cowboy life or to be a professional singer or whatever, do you think that he's not going to give you the ability to get that done, <laughs> follow his plan? That's right. But we don't take the reins and we want to do it our way. And we have no idea that our way is second best at best. Yeah. Uh, yeah. God's way is the best way to do it. And we are always settling for second best. Um, even at the even at the very best it could be is second best, um, if not way down the line worse. But um, God's way is always going to be the best way to fulfill those desires and dreams and visions that that we have because those don't just come out of our own finite mind. We no. can't handle it. We can't handle that stuff. And there's a lot of things we might think are cool, but the real desire of our heart and the talents and gifts that we have that can fulfill those desires of our heart, those all come from God. So don't you think that in light of that, mm-hmm. he has a plan? It was all part of his plan to get that done somehow. And we sometimes we are so stubborn and hard to pull along that trail. We just, you know, set up and, and back off and, and we don't let God just handle it. And that always ends bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was I was looking at your Facebook post the other day where you did your rendition of "Come Monday." Oh yeah. uh, For uh, in honor of Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. You're very talented. (laughs) You know, it's kind of crazy because I have been I have been waiting all summer to sing that song. Labor Day week for Song of the Week. Really? Isn't it, isn't it weird that it's been, it's been on my mind to do that song? I was going to do it earlier this year, and I thought, no, 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 no. I need to sing that the week right before or the week right after Labor Day for my Song of the Week. Yeah. Because it's a Labor Day weekend. I need to do that. Yeah. Come Monday. So I need to wait and do it then. So I've been putting it off. And then sure enough, last Thursday or Friday, whatever, 
Yeah. Uh, Jimmy died after this bout with cancer he's had over and over, off and off, off and on for the last year or two. And, uh, you know, you think that's a coincidence? You know, <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's a coincidence. No. And I, people might think that's really silly because they think that's not even a gospel song. And you're not, that doesn't matter. Jimmy Buffett, who, who knows if he was even saved or not. To me, I don't care about any of that. I think that crazy things like that that happen are what it's talking about in Romans 1 when it says that God has made himself plain throughout yeah. his creation. He has made himself, he has made mankind aware of his existence through his own very own creation since the very beginning of creation. And it says even his invisible attributes have been made known. That is what we call coincidence. That's what we call happenstance, is yeah. those invisible attributes of God. He lines up things in a certain way that if we will just trust him and follow him and believe in him, we will see those little, what we would call coincidences, those invisible attributes of God. We would see them every single day in our life playing out. Um, and I just think that was one of them. I mean, I was yeah. planning on doing that song this week anyway. I just did it over the weekend instead of waiting until this week to do it because he died the end of the week. So, uh, right. you know, it ended up coming out at the perfect, perfect moment. It couldn't have come out at a better time. I couldn't have done that song at a better time if I'd have tried. No, no. And, and I think that's, that's the part we, we've gotten so starched in church that, that a lot of times we overlook those blessings that God puts on our plate to say, hey, yeah. I'm watching after you. I, and this is, this is my hand in this. You know, these are, these are the thoughts you had because I gave them to you. And, and that's so important that we, we begin to realize that. Because he is the, he, like the scripture says, he is the God of the plain. It's not the spectacular. It's our everyday life. Well, we we think that God only worries about or deals with the most important things, the big issues. What we don't realize and what we don't think about enough is that because of God's infinite mind and his infinite knowledge, his omnipresence and omniscience, he knows every single little nitpicky thing that's going on. We yeah. may only remember big things, but he remembers and knows everything before it even happens so there are no important things or unimportant things to him and there are no unimportant or important people to him right every single one of us is important to him i have a, a deal that i do every once in a while with my guitars i've got three or four guitars and and but i've got one that's my favorite and everyone i'm gonna play and everyone will play good and they're all good guitars, and every one of them sound good. And I've used every one of them at different times. But I got one that's my favorite. And you probably, unless you really knew guitars or you really knew me well, you wouldn't know which one's my favorite. But even though they're all good, even though I like every single one of them, there's one that's my favorite. You don't have a favorite child. If you do, you dang sure don't ever tell anybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You right. don't ever keep that to yourself. You don't tell anybody who your favorite child or grandchild is, all right? right? Everybody has several horses. You've got your favorite, all right? You don't go out into a pasture full of horses and say, I don't care which one, any of them, it don't matter. 
you've got one you like when you want your best one, you know. What we need to understand, and the, 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 the people in this millennial generation who are literally starving for truth, because there is no truth out there, right. because they've been told by Oprah and every other lunatic from Hollywood that they can pick their own truth. They can decide what their truth is, and what's truth for you may not be truth for me. I have to search out and find my own truth. That's a bunch of hooey. There is mm-hmm. one truth, and that is truth, and the truth is Jesus Christ. And so what what those people are searching for is truth and real. And we've got to be real, and mm-hmm. we've got to be authentic, and we've got to be the genuine article. And when we're doing that, we're going to help them understand that they are extremely special to God. Yeah. Every single one of us is his favorite. That's right. Every single one of us is his favorite. Yeah. Holloway, you still there? We do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have millions of favorites, whereas we can only have one. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, hey, I, speaking of favorites, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I can tell you I can tell you a favor. I got to get pulled over here in just a minute. I'm driving, driving home, but... While while we're speaking of favorites, Jeff, I want you to tell them the story of Chapo. Okay. All right. I can do that. Chapo, uh, he he's been a little sick lately. He's not doing very good. He's he's uh, got colicky last week or a couple weeks ago. First time in his life, and I've been trying to doctor him back to health. He's gotten all lean, and he's never been lean. But the story about Chapo is uh, a long time ago. He is he is 27 years old. So that means that 22 mm. years ago, uh, a guy called me that I was just an acquaintance. I didn't know him very well. He called me and he said, Jeff, I, I wondered if you needed a horse. And I said, well, you know, I mean, I, I can always use a horse. And he said, well, I've got a horse. I thought, yeah, this is Phil. This guy's got the greatest horse since Secretariat. He wants to sell me. That's what my thinking was. And so – but I wasn't in the market to go buying any horse, and we were just about to move, make a big move. Uh, and so, I, but I, I was kind of in the market for a horse because we were going to be in a place where I could keep one right by the house and not have to drive to go take care of it. And so I said, well, what do you got? And he said, well, I got this five-year-old gelding. And he said, uh, I bought him off a cutting horse ranch when they sold their yearlings. He didn't meet their, their standards, and so they, he was one of their culls. So I got him pretty cheap, but he's a really good. He's he's a bred to cut, bred to be a cutting horse, and and uh, but I don't have a can't get a pedigree on him. He's just a, a great horse, not not registered. And I said, okay, I don't care. And he said, um, I got him when he was two. I sent him to a trainer for a short while. I got him good and gentle, broke to ride. My kids rode him for a little while, and then the new wore off of it, and they turned him out to pasture. And he's been out to pasture with his mare for five years now, or or. For the last two years, because he was five when I got him. And so for two years, he'd just been running out the pasture. He said, I want to I give you this horse if you want him. And if you don't want him, sell him and put the money in your ministry. So I said, okay, well, you know, free horses, I always think a free horse is a good thing. You, you know, you talk about licking a gift horse in the mouth. That's right. Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Just say thank you and go on. Yeah. And do in with him. So I went and picked up this horse, and he was – 
a little crazy when I first picked him up. Those mares had run him nuts, and we had to run him in the in the trailer and and let the mares out one at a time that went in there with him just to keep him in the trailer and get him loaded. We haul him back down here close to where we live now because we were fixing to move down here. And I, I put him at first. I put him at a, a friend's house. This old guy that was an old rancher and a horse trainer and and uh, um kept him there for a little while just he was i was here for a few days and he and i got him in the round pen and we worked him for a few days and then he kept him there and fed him for a few days and uh messed with him in the round pen a little bit and i went back to austin where we lived at the time and did some more work on our house or something i had to come back up here the next weekend and i was going to work for about a week on this house that we were buying and while i was up here uh there's another guy that went to the church there that had some property out the edge of town and they weren't doing anything with that property. is quite a few acres, and there was nothing out there but a couple of stock tanks and good fences. And so they said, you keep that horse at our place all you want to. So I just went and turned him out in that pasture. And uh, then every time I would come down, I'd go out there, and I'd, I'd call him up. He'd come right up to me, and I'd catch him, and I'd throw a saddle on him. I'd ride him all over this guy's property and, and do some work on the house. Well, that was in you know February, March, April, something around there. And June, we moved out here. Finally, after my daughter got out of school that May, we moved out here, and I started riding that horse some and, and you know, spending some more time with him. But, you know, you can round pin a horse to death, and after a while, I figured I got to give him a job. And a friend of mine that lives down here uh, in the hill country on the Llano River Ranch, Mark Kirkpatrick, uh, he had some cattle they needed working, and so we were going to have a big day of branding and moving cattle. And so we go down there, and you got to cross the river and go up into this big old pasture hayfield make a big old circle around the edge of the, the fence into this big wing that they've got built off of that uh, corrals, working corrals. And that big old wing sticks out so far that if you keep those cattle along that fence, they're trapped before they even know it because they're inside that wing and they can't get back outside of it. And so we got right to the point of no return at the edge of that wing. And this big old floppy-eared Bramer Cross cow turned and just charged at my friend Mark's father-in-law who was sitting on this mule named jed <laughs> and that that cow plowed right straight through mickey and jed i mean just plowed them over and headed straight for me and chapo and i remember thinking in my mind well we're about to see what we're made of right here <laughs> this horse, i didn't figure this horse to do nothing all right and right as that cow got within about 10 or 15 20 feet from me she tried to cut off to my left, her right, and I want you to know Chapo lunged about 10 feet to the left and slammed his feet into the ground. And he was, he was chest and nose on the ground, and then he pops back up. She starts going back the other direction, and he lunges, two or three lunges to the right. And we went back and forth like we're at the futurity for five times. So that cow was almost nose to nose with Chapo. She kept coming forward, trying to go left and right. And he literally lunged back and forth every time she tried to go one way or the other. And he finally got her nose to nose and she turned and went back into the herd. And as she turned, her calf turned and looked at her, but had his butt towards us and didn't go. And Chapo snapped his teeth <laughs> pop, just like that. Right at the tail end of that little old calf, and he beelined for mom. Yeah. And what I learned from that is that horse was bred to be a cutting horse. Yeah. yeah. 
He didn't know he was ugly. <laughs> he didn't know he didn't have good confirmation. And he didn't care. No. All he had to do was be reminded of what he was here for. That's right. Yeah. And once he got reminded of what his purpose was, he got after it. Yeah. And that horse was scared of his own shadow when I got him. But he wasn't scared of that flop-eared old cow, and he's ready to tear her hide off if he had to. <laughs> and yeah. and for the longest time, he'd see a bunch of cattle, and he didn't have any idea what he was supposed to do with those cattle, but he was ready to get after them. Mm-hmm. And so he would always go into that default mode of cutting those cows. There have been times when we've walked out in the pasture, hear a bunch of cattle running. We used to have some cattle out here several years ago. We don't have any cattle now with the drought and everything. We've kind of cut back. But there for a while, we had a bunch of cattle out here. And one time I went out on the back porch to call them up to feed them. And I heard a bunch of, like a stampede, here they come running. And Chapo and one other horse I had at the time, I had the corral gate open, and they herded those cattle into that corral, and I wasn't out there. They were just <laughs> on their own herding those cattle. That horse will literally run herds of wild hogs out of my property. Really? We have seen him on more than one occasion run the wild hogs off this property. My turkey hunter friend that comes out here every year, the time we had when the tornado came through a few years ago, tore up a bunch of our fences, and my horses were at my neighbor's place down the road. He noticed the difference in the hogs on this property when he was out here hunting turkey from what they normally, there are none out here because Chapo runs them all. all. And so I use that as the illustration that God calls us to a purpose and a plan. Yeah. Sometimes it's got to be reminded. And, and in first Peter, Peter says, I'm not going to, I'm paraphrasing, but he basically says, I'm in this temple or this tent, this body, for a short while and then I'm going to be gone. But as long as I am here, I will continue to remind you of the job you have to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know you know it and I know you've been told, but I'm going to keep telling you, telling you, telling you so you don't forget. That's right. Topo has been told he was ugly, he was worthless, he was given away because he wasn't worth nothing to those people. And, you know, he could have easily just gone to the killer pen. But once he saw that cow, and once he got after that cow, he remembered what he was here for. That's right. What he was on this for. And all we have to do, just like Jesus was standing in front of the, the people there in the temple when he was 12, and his parents said, what in the world are you doing running off from us and putting us under this kind of stress? And we were just so distraught. And he said, what are you worried about? Didn't you know that I've got to be about my father's business? And they yeah. didn't have a clue talking about that's because when, that yeah. had let them get caught up in the day-to-day of being a mom and dad, and they had forgotten when those angels went through the door of their bedroom in the middle of the night on separate occasions and told them what their purpose was to raise the Son of God on this earth. That's yeah. right. And, and that, story, that story reminds me of a sermon that Uncle Sammy preached not long ago. We were all born to be kings. You got to remember what you was put here for. You got to be reminded of it. But yep. we were born to be kings. Well, in, in Second Ephesians two, it talks about we used to be uh, among those the children of disobedience. It calls them. We used to be lost, and now he's talking to Christian people. He's talking about the church at Ephesus. He said, "You used to live like that. You used to be 
the same way the world is, these lost people that he calls the sons of just the children of disobedience. But you're different now. You're changed. And just that passage and how a horse trainer will, will deal with a horse and gain his trust to, for us to know that we are bent to do bad things. We are bent to sin. Just like a horse is bent to kick at you and run. But that horse is meant to be under the dominion of man, which means to be over that, whatever you're in dominion over, is to be over it by nurture and stewardship, not domination by force, right. it's dominion, which is nurture and stewardship. And so if we are not careful, we're going to live a life like we're bent to instead of like we were meant to. Yeah. Yeah. God wants us to be his children. We are his children. We have the right and the ability through Jesus Christ to quit being aliens and to be a child of God, an adopted son or daughter of God. Yeah. Child of the king. And, and what we do is we settle for second best by being what we're bent to be instead of what we're meant to be. Right. Yeah. Capo was doing. He was he was just off in a pasture with another bunch of horses running around getting fat. And that's that's what he was bent to do and fighting and, and running away because he'd been running away from those crazy mares all that time and he was just running away from any kind of correction or discipline or, or teaching. Um, he was doing what he was bent to do. But he learned pretty quick when he was put in the in the place to do it, he learned what he was meant to be for. Yes. Yeah. His whole thing changed. Well, Jeff, we we uh, we're up on our our hour um, of the podcast, and uh, I mean we can keep going as long as y'all want to. <laughs> but I want you to know how appreciative we are for you coming on and uh, on our little ba- backwoods uh, small church podcast. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I'm just honored to be on it. Well. Well, we are honored to have you, and and we are honored to get a uh, to have the experience with you, um, and kind of have an idea of uh, getting to know you before November. Um, so we're gonna close in prayer, and um, we'll let y'all get on back to whatever y'all were doing. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for Jeff being a, a vessel um, that you have uh, given desires to, um, that he loves what he does. And I, and I just pray that um, he would continue to instill that into people, that as he goes about his daily walk, that people would be drawn to you through him. I ask you to cover him and and Holloway with with safety this week, um, protection, and and blessings, um, and I just pray that you would um, just be with us the rest of the week here in Georgia, um, and do something different among us. That's what we're called to be, is different, and and that you will work through us. And put us on the paths that we're supposed to be on. And we ask all this in Christ's name. Amen.